Content warning for discussions of rape, discussion of bullying, and discussion of depression. Drake is a 24-year-old cis gay man who isn't particularly attractive or smart, but he is vaccinated. At the point of recording, he is in year two of a bachelor's degree in counseling and sometimes makes music under the name Soft Universe. In this interview, he discusses secondary school, poly, experiences with depression, dating and body, and different experiences in therapy and school counselors. This is the oral history of Drake and his experience as a queer person in Singapore. So to start with, do I have your consent for this interview? Yep, yes. Start with, when did you realize you were queer? Um, it's kind of a, a bit of um, the cliche of oh, some, somewhere deep down I kind of always knew. But uh, I never really um, sort of uh, faced it until I was in Bali. Uh, yeah, because that was when um, uh, somebody asked me out, like uh, another schoolmate, like a, a, a guy asked me out, and uh, I reciprocated, and that's when I sort of... Um, Accepted that I was not straight, yeah, because m- most of my life is uh like early on I kind of knew that um that uh gay people existed or queer people existed and and uh i it was okay for me and then when when friends come up to me, I would always say, you know be who you are and and all that and support them, but I never really did it for myself, <laughs> yeah, uh until until I had the opportunity to? Is that the right word? Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm. Okay, um, could you go into more detail then about what do you mean by you sort of always know? Yeah, uh, so, uh, I guess most, uh, queer people can can really in the sense that when they were younger or when they were kids and um when all the traditional uh family roles or the or all the, the language of like you know you must have have a straight relationship or you must act this way or you uh or guys cannot what play dolls or whatever whatever bulls can I curse on here? Yeah you can. Okay, like or or, or whatever those bullshit stuff you like um there's this feeling of like, uh, does, don't really feel like this applies to me, that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, I always felt that I was different. Um, a bit, I wouldn't say isolated, but like, I, I, I didn't know who I was. I mean, this is a lot to say for like a, like a, like a child, but like, I I had this thing where um I didn't know how to act or how to be a person so I would kind of emulate what I see on TV and somehow the 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 people that I emulate from are, are always you know like uh 
strong female characters. And, uh, I guess that was kind of like, like a, like a, like a first inkling of, um, this is in primary school, by the way. Yeah, like, kind of like an inkling of, uh, you know, I want to be that person. I want to be that strong female character. Um, yeah, like, one, one of these, one of these people, one, one, one of these characters were like, you know, Sam from iCarly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a, she's, she's not a great person. She's kind of terrible and aggressive and mean, but, um, young me was like, oh, this is a, a strong character that I really gravitated towards and, uh, I only really ever related to kind of female characters and people. And I've always had a closer relationship with, um, I mean, most of my cousins were, were, were girls. And I've always had like a stronger relationship to to girls than with uh, like my my brother or like my male classmates, yeah. And uh, and when it came to secondary school, um, kind of set one, set two. I've most of my friends actually, yeah, most of my friends were were girls at that time. And uh, and it got to the point where uh, other other boys didn't like it, so <laughs> uh. It was kind of, I mean, there was bullying there, uh, but, but I don't think they knew that, knew what gay was. They just kind of thought that I was like a flirt or something. Yeah, so they would call me that. But once in a while, the, the, once in a while, like, like gay or fag would be thrown in. Yeah, so that was kind of my experience in secondary school. And, uh, Uh, just little, little things that kind of make me, that, uh, kind of hinted towards that I was, I was not, like, quote unquote normal. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, yeah. So then, was this kind of bullying, uh, did you bring it up? To your features? Um, no, no, yeah. I mean, some some of them knew because it was it was like rowdy, loud teenage boys. So some teachers definitely noticed, and a lot of this happened in class. So a lot of them definitely saw it or noticed it, but nobody ever really did anything, and I never really felt like I. I could be helped, like I didn't really feel like they could help me, so I never really bothered to. Yeah, I've, and when when it happens, like when like kind of like the harassment started, I would I would just kind of shut down and I would not respond and just kind of uh, stare straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. And what about made you realize that like they wouldn't do anything? I mean, other people have been bullied and they never really did anything. It was just the occasional, hey, stop it, like that kind of stuff. And then like 10 minutes later, it would happen again. And, uh, uh, cause, I mean, mine was kind of like a neighborhood school. There was actually like a list, like ranking secondary schools. And my secondary school was like, like down below, I think like the bottom five. 
yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, it's not a great school. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so a lot of students are hard to control and there was kind of, um, in set one, there was like a bullying, um, incident that, um, which was like, it was, it was racist. The kid was, the kid was Indian and, uh, and uh, everybody bullied him to the point where he stopped coming to school and he eventually got transferred out to a different school. But, um, it lasted months and months and months of constant harassing and, yeah, and, uh, he was in my class and, uh, most of the bullying happened in my class and nobody really ever did anything and, like the teachers never really helps like about like, what's happening. Like they would talk to him maybe after class and all that, but nothing um helpful was really ever done. And so after he left and like the energy kinda of, like got transferred, like the bullying energy kinda of got transferred to me and a few other people, like it well it wasn't as bad as that. Because I, I was still a Chinese boy, so it, I mean, I am still a Chinese boy, so it, it, I didn't get, it wasn't that bad for me, so I didn't feel like, if they couldn't help him, him, why would, why, how can they help me, you know? Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Polly then. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was your experience there like, you know? Uh, it was much better, <laughs> much, much better. I was in a, a creative writing course, so, uh, most people were already kind of familiar with, like, uh, American shows or American culture, so nobody was a stranger to, um, to the concept of being queer, and, uh, there were a few queer people in, in my course as well, and, uh, and yeah, I didn't. I never really experienced any discrimination in in that aspect. But uh, at most, it was just you know, uh, lecturers not being able to understand certain concepts. Like uh, <laughs> there was a <laughs> uh, we had a, we had a documentary. Um, uh, what's that module? Uh, and uh, uh, my 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 group decided to do a uh, 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 we had a contact that was a. Uh, she was a transgender, uh, per- person. Sorry, my mind blanked for a second. Uh, she, yeah. And, uh, she was dating, um, a senior of ours who was, who I did, who identifies female. So that whole concept of like, um, transitioning from male to female and then dating another female was very foreign to one of our lecturers and we had to explain it. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. But that was most of it. That was kind of like the extent of it. Um, and, uh, uh, I was also in theater. So, uh, many gay people in theater. So, uh, I, I, I found a, a, a group of friends from there that, uh, I, I'm still very close with today. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like my support system. And, uh, and me there's yeah. So you were asked out when when were you asked out in Bali? 
I was oh, I was in year two. Uh, it was he was from theater. Uh, he because I was I was in uh I was in the X Corps, and uh, one of the guys came in um a batch below me, but he was older than me. Um, and uh, so uh, we spent some time. I mean, mostly as a group, like doing theater things. And uh, one at one point, he just kind of texted me and. Um, and we hit it off, and uh, I remember specifically him asking, "So, um, are you are you are you gay?" Uh, because you know he didn't want to hit on somebody who was straight. And then that's when I that I remember that because that was, I think, the first time I ever thought it to myself or said it out loud that um. Yeah, uh, I I'm not straight. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't. But the the relationship didn't last very long. So. Okay. Uh, did any other thing happen then in Bali? Um. Most of my time during there was kind of um overshadowed by uh my uh. My mental health condition. I mean, I was first diagnosed with depression in sec three, actually, and uh, I guess a lot of me kind of uh, not confronting my sexuality was because most of my mind was consumed by my condition. So I, uh, yeah. So, but uh, around the end of or uh, mid year one, I sent to yeah. This it was when things started getting really bad, and uh, I. Uh, stopped eating and then I, and, uh, and yeah, I, I started taking medication and, and all that. And, uh, uh, so most of my time in Bali was spent just kind of managing my condition. So I wouldn't say a lot of things related to um, my sexuality came up. And also, you know, because um, it wasn't really that big of a deal because I had friends who were, who, who were queer and uh, we all kind of accepted each other and we didn't really need to kind of provide that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Yeah. After Polly, did you go straight to NS? Um, after probably, it, yes, but it took a few months, but I, 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 um, I graduated in February, I think, but I only went in, in October, and, uh, between the time I, I spent it, um, working or, uh, with my, with my ex at the time, yeah, uh, or, uh, I met somebody on, Oh yeah. Sorry, I need to pause this for the. Okay. Continue on. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention like during the poly. Uh, <laughs> uh, during during the last year of poly was when I met my, my my ex. Um. Uh, yeah. That that ex. Uh, he, we met on one of those um, gay dating apps, and uh. We were together for a year, so most of my time after I graduated was spent with him. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, the thing is, like, I, I, my brain kind of blocked out most of that relationship. <laughs> so, uh, when, when you said, when you said, uh, uh, what else happened during, in, in Bali, I, <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that I met him during then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so what happened between Polly and Ines then? Um, well, I, uh, well, uh, really when I was not working, I was with him at his house, um, and, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, so most of that relationship to me is a blur, um, I do remember a lot of it, just like a few key points, and uh, somewhere in between. I'm not sure when exactly, because um, I had sort of like a like a late, um, like delayed trauma. So I don't really remember a lot of the details, but I remember. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of one of my sleepovers with him um um it was morning I was asleep and uh excuse me um I was asleep and he just um he just started you know penetrating me and uh and the uh, and and I tried to stop him. I couldn't. Uh, and yeah, and uh, so um, it didn't. And I, the, it happened at least twice. I don't really even really remember how many times. But um, yeah, uh, and then um, kind of like a, a few weeks or so, sometime. Before, before I got, I, I, I started NS, he told me he, he got, um, herpes, the type 2 herpes, the one where you get on your genitals and stuff. Um, yeah, and then he, he, uh, so, you know, of course I was, I was trying to support him. And then, um, yeah, he, he tried to blame it on me for <laughs> sleeping around. But, uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, so that was mostly, kind of like the key events of what I remember between Polly, between graduating, being in their relationship and going to NS. Yeah. And then um while I was I actually wasn't in NS for very long. I was in there for maybe like six months. Yeah. So I, I was enlisted in October and then um I I broke up with him in December. And uh and then Oh, it didn't even last me six months. Okay, in January, in January, um, my mental health condition got so bad that uh, I, I, I tried to kill myself and then, um, uh, I overdosed on like of a whole bottle of, um, lithium carbonate, like my antidepressant, and then I, 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 and then I was, uh, hospitalized. I was in the ICU for, for a while, I, I don't remember most of it. I think I was unconscious. And then, uh, by the time I 
got out of um, the psychiatric ward, um, I, uh, there was kind of like a discussion between me and um, some, I don't know his rank, I don't remember, <laughs> just some medical officer who had a high rank, and uh, I, I was put to pass F. So by April of what, 2018, I, I, I was out of NS, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So, how did you get out of that relationship? Um, I think I've been looking for like a way to get out of it for a long time. Um, I mean, I never really. Again, it was one of those things that I, I kind of, I was in denial that it was like, um, um, like, oh, I'm happy. I don't, want, I, don't I, 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 I love him and all that, all that crap. But, um, the moment we had like a, like a big fight, I found myself just jumping on a chance to end it. And I think, I mean, it was, it felt so natural to me to end it. Not not natural as in like I I enjoyed it or whatever, but it was like it was like it was like I've been waiting to do this, and and then I did it. But it was a complete shock to him. Um. Yeah, and there, and then there was one point where he kind of he he just showed up at my house and then uh and all that and then um um he wanted to talk and then. Uh, he showed up to my house twice. Yeah. Uh, first time it was just, he was waiting downstairs. And then, cause, cause my, my family doesn't, does, I'm not out to my family other than my sister. So, um, he just kind of waited downstairs. And then, um, and then, and then I was forced to talk to him. And then like the second time, he, he rented a car. And, um, um, he, he, Texted me, he said he was downstairs and then he, he wanted, he just wanted to get some closure, he wanted to talk, like, let's do like a drive and, <clears throat> and you know, I felt bad because, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, I really hurt him, I, I guess, yeah, and I, I, I felt terrible, so I, I went and we went on the drive and, uh, he drove all the way to Marina Bay, um, and and we it was like Marina Barrage. It was near Marina Barrage, and uh, we just kind of talked. And I explained. I'm not really sure what I said to him to justify me breaking up with him. Um. Yeah, I can't remember really what I said. I think it was just that we're not compatible or something along those lines. And then he kept asking me to give him another chance. And then I said no. And then he drove me back, back to my house. And, uh, and before I went out of the car, he, uh, he, he, he asked if he could, like, give me, like, one last kiss. And then I said no. And he insisted, and then I froze. And then he leaned over and forced, uh, 
forced to kiss on me and then I, 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 I got out of the car and then I kind of ran back and then I haven't really spoken to him since. No, actually I have. He's texted me a few times so I've blocked him for a while now, so. Yeah, uh, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> question was about how you broke up so just yeah, yeah. oh okay great <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm. did anything in particular happen in ns um well be- because of my uh, mental health condition i was uh already in pass e so um in pass e is basically like an office desk job and um and because I had, it took so long for me to get a security clearance and for me to get like all those, because I was stationed at, um, Mindef HQ. So I had to get like, uh, there was like a, like a pass, like a security pass. And then there's like a whole bunch of security clearance and it took so long for me. So most of the time I spent there, I spent there doing nothing. And I, because uh, we weren't allowed to bring our phones in either. So I really just sat there and kind of did nothing. And when you do nothing, it's like a buffet for depression to thrive, you know? Buffet is a weird word. It's just the, the perfect condition for the, for depression to thrive when you do nothing. So it's, um, it, it already, already wasn't great when I got enlisted, but spending, you know, most of my days sitting there doing nothing surrounded by people I don't know and not and uh and by and stuck in the system that I'm not really a fan of in a, a fan of in the first place it it all kind of uh piled up um in there and uh uh yeah at some point I just couldn't take it anymore yeah. So, what did you do after, um, after you were dismissed? Um, what did I do? So, I got dismissed in April, and then, um, there was a, m- a month where my, my dad wanted to set up, he wanted to try to try his hand in like, um, creating a business like he um he worked in a in a um landscape company and um he he he's really good at you know like plants and flowers and all that so he wanted to open like a little little shop that sold plants and flowers so um for a month i helped him with that but um rent got like the rent was so expensive to open a shop so um it only lasted a month yeah, and then um, oh, I turned twenty one during that month, but it's it, <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not. It's, I'm I'm not really a big pro. Like I also like a part of me, I guess, like didn't really see myself living to twenty one. So like I couldn't see my life past twenty one. So I guess there was kind of also like another thing to why I, I, I did it. But anyway, um, and then from April to what, um, 
I spent a few months just kind of not really doing anything. Just mostly trying to cope. You know, I did hobbies. I, I wrote, um, I wrote music. I wrote, um, I hung out with friends, um, and all that. Um, and then in August, I, in August, I, I applied for this program called, um, online learning program. Like, um, it's basically like you, a company kind of pays you to work for them and also, um, study. So kind of, yeah. And, uh, I did that, like, it was like a year contract and I was at a media agency, like an, excuse me. Like a media agency from August to November. And, uh, during that time, I also went to school as part of the program. And, uh, around October, November was when things started getting bad again. And, uh, because I found myself again stuck at a, at a place that I didn't want to be. Uh, I, I don't, care for marketing uh i i didn't like having to um advertise for companies that i don't believe in and then so so i i so uh, i had to leave the i had to end the contract and uh and then 2019 Okay, I left in November, and then I I spent another few more months just trying to um cope better, um going to therapy and all that, and then um yeah, a few months of that, and then also kind of doing part time work here and there, and then just kind of existing. Yeah, uh, and it was actually pretty nice, you know, a lot of people, and and I think. I think at some point when you're in a situation where you don't feel like feel like thriving, like you're not in a position to thrive right now, like just existing is fine, you know? Um, and that was kind of my mindset at the time. And I think that's what made it easier for me is that I didn't have to, I didn't have to do great things at 21. Like just existing was already past, passing my expectations. Yeah. But, uh, I eventually got a, a job, uh, um, as I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, I got a job at a company I worked at the company I worked for, um, before I enlisted and, uh, um, I worked there for until January, January 2020, when the pandemic happened and then I lost and then I, I got retrenched. Yeah. And then I, I have, and then since then, oh, since then, um, but also in January of 2020, I, I got a, I got a, I started, uh, 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 I started uni. I don't know. I can't form words. I don't know why. Okay. I, uh, in January 2020, I started, uh, uni. And, uh, it's a part-time degree. It's, uh, 
bachelor's in counseling. So I'm studying counseling because I realized that's what I want to do. And yeah, it's a really bad time to start school. But anyway, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm now doing a part-time job at a vaccination center. And also, yeah, just that in school, mostly, yeah. So how has uni been? Uh, <laughs> it feels like a scam, you know. Um, like, I mean, education system in general feels like a scam, but also because, like, now mostly everything's online. Like, I pay money to stare at my computer most of the time, and it's so it's 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 hard um, to focus in class and. Um, Yeah, the like motivation has been dwindling a little bit because you know I it's, it it feels like it feels like the world is at the side of the bad side on the on the pendulum right now and it feels like it's gonna be here forever and it just kind of feels hopeless and I it's hard to get motivation from that and uh, yeah but you know I. The only thing that keeps me going is that, you know, I'm, I'm finally doing what I think I'm, I will be good at and will be happy in. And I, I think I'm doing, like, results wise, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, have you been able to make plans? Make plans as in, Make friends. Or make friends. Um, I, uh, I actually joined this uni with, with a friend of, a friend of mine. Um, we met in theater in Poly as well and we've become really close and, uh, we kind of got into this together and we're doing modules and classes together also. So, um, like, yeah, I, um, and she's more outgoing. <laughs> or at least she tries to be. More than me, and uh, she's made she's made friends, and I've kind of just leached off of her. <laughs> I just kind of made friends with them through her, but uh, most of most of my time in school is spent with her, and uh, and uh, yeah, it it probably would be better for me to also make some friends of my own, but I've never really there hasn't really been much opportunity to to be honest. So, after you broke up with your ex, have you, uh, have you started dating again? Um, well, I've only been kind of like dated almost seriously once. Um, I haven't been able to have sex since and uh um and it really it took me over a year to be able to um kind of to to try to want to date with that person with the new person and then but that didn't really work out like it very early on only lasted like what one or two months and then um 
and it didn't work out. And uh, I haven't really dated much since. I've been on like uh, I've been on one date recently. Since then, it's not that recent. Since then, and um, yeah, I don't really date much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, it's you know, I mean, most people want to have sex, and that's not really not something I can provide. And um, and because of the whole uh herpes thing that my ex had, and because I never really processed that, um, just kind of throughout our relationship, my sex drive in general already is pretty low because of my condition, and uh, and so I don't really have sex much. So I it didn't really occur, or like I didn't really confront that um, it happened between us uh, until. Uh, 2019 actually. So between then, um, I, deep down, I didn't want to have sex because, you know, it was traumatizing. But also I, there was a part of me that was afraid that, um, he's, he, he had passed, um, herpes to me. And, um, I was also scared of that. Yeah. But, um, in 2019 when, um, it all hit me, um, um, when I finally had to confront it, uh, I went to do a test and, and I don't have, and I don't have herpes type 2. So, uh, uh, I just wanted to say that as like a haha to my ex, but, um, uh, also, but yeah, uh, I mean, if you kind of have sex, then it's hard to date, especially in, in, in the gay community. Yeah, because, you know, men, men are, men are so horny. It's kind of gross. Yeah. And, uh, and also I, I, I'm not, and right now it's not that I don't want to date. I mean, like, I mean, it's not a priority of mine, but if, you know, if somebody, Nice came along, I, I would be open to it. It's just that, um, uh, ever since, you know, I started taking antidepressants, I've, I've gained some weight and I'm not the, the little twink Chinese boy that most gay people love anymore. <laughs> and so there's, there's like such a huge difference to when I was, I was younger. Um, I was younger and like skinny and cute. And, uh, and, and I would get like messages all the time. And, uh, as compared to now, people don't even look, thought that people don't even look at me. It's like, it's, um, there's like a huge difference to when, that you know you're not being desired as much anymore. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, it doesn't really, um, well, it hurts my ego, but it like, 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 Logically, it doesn't really bother me because I know I'm still cute. But, um, but yeah, it's just harder to meet like a, like a good actual person who, um, he is okay with my low sex drive and, uh, and also, you know, likes how I look.
and uh, and also somebody who I who I would like. You know, it's just there's a lot of criteria. <laughs> yeah. Actually, could you describe the difference, like before and after you gained weight? Yeah. So before, um, I used to get a lot of messages on Instagram by men, and uh, without um, yeah, on social media, like a lot of people would reach out to me and uh, you know, kind of hit on me and ask me out and all that stuff. And uh, uh, and it was very easy for me to, cause you know when you're lonely and you just kind of want to like go on a date and all that. It was very easy for me to do that. And uh, and when you are um with a group of people, like when you are kind of out in public like when I used to go to like gay bars and stuff like that um like you kind of know when people are are, are looking at you I, I, I'm not saying that I was like I mean I was not like hit on in person at, at gay bars but it was like I I went in um and you could feel, it's hard to describe, you could feel that, oh, uh, I could have a shot here, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I could be accepted here, you know, that kind of stuff, and, uh, that looks like, and, and, uh, it was much easier to make friends in the gay community online, yeah, back then but now um it's like being invisible yeah um i don't i i barely on Instagram anymore. I mean, it's such a it's such a superficial way to to kind of describe the difference, but that really is just the difference. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, when um uh you and you know on social media it's just you know when you see kind of like like a skinny person post something and you see the reaction they get and how easily they can make friends with other gay people and how they kind of all feed off of each other and you know like like the skinny Chinese gays basically how they all kind of make friends so easily and then they feed off each other and then and then they just kind of have like this 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 thing that I was once a part of but now it's like I'm on this like I'm on the outside looking in and um uh a part of me feels left out yeah and over um and it's it's hard to believe it's really just because i've gained weight but that's really the only difference between then and now about me that could have yeah and um Am I making sense so far? Yes, you are. 
Okay, yeah. So, like, yeah, a part of me, like, feels left out and invisible and, um, and, um, but another part of me is like, oh, who cares about this stupid skinny to me skins? Um, yeah, but, but now when I, when I, when I do make connections online, I know it's, it's genuine and it's not a bad, like, I've learned to accept it, that I'm not as easily desirable or widely desirable, not easily desirable, widely desirable as before. And, you know, at least I know if, if you know, somebody does like me, they like me for, they like me for me and not for my body. I'm becoming so cliche. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it's kind of a, a widely known unspoken thing that um, you have to be Chinese and skinny or like muscular now uh, to be considered attractive or like not Chinese like pale like pale skinned like yeah yeah there's there's also that difference between like like if if you pay attention to like um uh like between the races, there's also like a, a difference between engagement and like making friends there. Yeah, so it's this unspoken thing that it's more attractive to be to 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 have lighter skin and to to have like a like a nicer quote unquote nicer body. And I don't know, it's so it's it's everyone says it's stupid, but most people perpetuate it. So. I don't know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time you're hearing, hearing this, right? No, but you should say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's so incredibly dumb. There are so many good people. Like, I am so cool. <laughs> I am so cool and funny and you know this 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 uh this Chinese gays have missing out. <laughs> uh yeah, uh What was the question? I keep <laughs> chilling off. No, it's okay. Um so could you uh describe your experience in the, I guess, like, in therapy? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, I first started going to therapy in secondary school when I was first diagnosed and I, um, but I was only there for a few times because, uh, my mom didn't like it she didn't like that i was going for therapy and was going to imh so and then she got into like a fight with my school counselor so um that ended like quite quickly and then um i didn't go for therapy or or have any anything until in poly when it started going when it when it started going downhill somewhat because somewhat because of the whole not being able to go therapy and then um uh 
It's probably I also I went for therapy also for a bit. It also didn't last very long, mostly because of money issues. It's quite expensive in Singapore to go for therapy, even with government subsidy. Um. Yeah. Uh. At that point, um, at that point, it was like fifty something per session. And I couldn't afford it, so it's also it ended very quickly. And then after I tried to kill myself, there was uh there was group therapy, but that was paid by SAF, so like it it, it was it was fine. And then, uh, and then and then um after that uh I didn't go for therapy because I was out of I was out of army and couldn't afford it until I got a job, and then I went for therapy again until I I lost that job. Then I couldn't afford it again, and now I'm not in therapy because I can't afford it. But during my therapy, is my therapy experience mostly is is um it was a lot of learning and talking. Like I I mostly did talk therapy. Uh, most young people um, with um, mental health issues do talk therapy. Um, like teenagers, but uh, and that it helped in a moment, but then I would quickly spiral again. Uh, so so it was eh, um, but it was when I started doing um cognitive behavioral therapy, um, few years later, uh, in twenty eighteen, in twenty eighteen. When I was working at the ad agency, that you know, things started really helping. Um, and you know, um, and I learned how to do mindfulness, um, challenging my my thoughts, and you know, creating coping skills and and all of that. You know, it was and um, and uh. Right now, like as 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 I cope, it was it's it's mostly just kind of taking what I learned from there, and also you know kind of stuff I research online, and putting them into practice. You know, like um, sim- simple things like simple things like um like the main thing about CBT, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, is um breaking down. Identifying uh, negative thoughts and breaking them down and challenging them and evaluating them. So it's simple things like, 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 oh, I'm so terrible. Uh, I'm a horrible person. And then, um, and you have like, and then you start, no, you start, you, like, to challenge it, you kind of like make a list of points supporting it and then like a list of things challenging it and then, and all all that stuff, and then you know, just kind of like putting things into perspective. So it's it's kind of like a logical, tedious, tedious, logical process. And uh, it get it gets like when 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 I first came across when I when this was first taught to me, it was like why the fuck would I want to do this? It's so exhausting <laughs> to do that. But you know, once you get once you do it often enough, it's kind of it's. It becomes easier, yeah. So and then, 
I actually never really came out to to my to my psychologists, but um, I I still see a psychiatrist, but um, it's not really therapy because they just give you medications. Um, but I did come out to my 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 psychiatrist um last year because I saw he was wearing a rainbow <laughs> a rainbow Apple Watch band thingy. Uh, <laughs> And I felt comfortable enough to come up to him and um and uh yeah, and he's now like my favorite psychiatrist because i've I've been with many different psychiatrists like that's the thing about i m h is that things keep changing, and people come and go, and um you get moved from psychiatrist to psychiatrist, and you have to retell them your story over and over and over again. But um, I've been able to to stick with this one for this is the longest time, um, about almost a year and a half, and it's the longest time throughout my whole um, almost ten years of history since being diagnosed. Like a year and a half is kind of like the most times I've the the longest I've ever been with one psychiatrist, and um. Every time I went back, it was with a different psychologist as well. Should I explain the difference between a psychologist and psychiatrist? Yes, please do. Okay, yeah. A psychiatrist is somebody who um, does not do um, therapy work, like cognitive behavioral therapy. They don't do that. They are mostly there to kind of like uh, um, <clears throat> get a sense of how you're feeling and they, they, they can prescribe medications. That's mostly their jobs. Mostly their job. A psychologist is more of a therapist role. They they cannot prescribe medications, um, but they can do um, talk therapy. They can do uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, they can do solution focused therapy. Like they are um, they are more trained and qualified in a psychological aspect. Um, in psychiatry, while also like trained in um, trained in the psychological aspect of their main job is prescribing medications that are suitable. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. So uh, I haven't I haven't been to a a psychologist in over a year. Yeah. But uh, I go back to my psychiatrist um once every few months, mainly to collect my medications, but also kind of like, you know, tell him generally how, how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, and then um, see if uh, there needs to be any changes in my medication or if I, or if I need therapy. I mean, I, I need therapy, but, uh, but, uh, but I make do with what, what, what I can afford. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, right now, yeah, that's right now what my mental health situation is. And then has your psychiatrist, uh, is there any difference since you came up to him? No, no, he, I mean, I have such a strong suspicion that he's gay, but, you know, I, uh, but, um, There's no 
big significant difference, but I do feel like I can be more of myself with him. Yeah, I can be more open. And um, he was the first person outside of my close-knit friends or, you know, somebody or like a doctor or like an official person. Official person as in somebody with professional background who um who I who I um talked about with my uh my experience with my ex and uh and his his you know even even though he can't really you know um provide me with therapy on that and psych- psychiatric appointments are pretty fast because so many people are have appointments that you can only be in there for 10, 15 minutes at most. And, but during that time, you know, he, he, he does support me and, and, um, and now the, the main difference is I don't have to hide who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you are in, IMH is like governmental. And uh, it can be scary for a lot of queer people to come out to their doctors because they're afraid that um, it'll have you show up in your record. There'll be repercussions and all that. And uh, even though there are there are the confidentiality uh, clauses and rules, but you know it's still it's still a real fear and. My psychiatrist actually assured me, like, I wasn't too worried about it, but he, 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 he took it upon himself to assure me that, you know, he, he will not, um, he will keep, keep it confidential, you know, he will support me no matter my sexuality and, you know, and it was really nice. Um, but I, I, but, you know, generally, I think, I think I was lucky now. Yeah. There are really good doctors. There are really good psychologists. But there are really bad ones. And, um, finding, it's kind of like, uh, finding a good hairdresser. You know, you go to different ones, you try different kinds and then eventually you'll find one that suits you and I have I have so many friends who who initially who have who try it out for the first time have a bad experience and then they swear off of it until now or like at least they they want to like they don't want to go back ever and it's 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 a shame and it's you know, because there there are good ones out there, but it's 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 indicative of how our of our society and how our system treats people that it's so hard to find a good doctor, you know? It's so hard to find a psychologist who can actually help you psychologically. Um it's kind of depressing and uh and I'm Pretty much the only person 
I know in my life who wants to go to therapy, who still sees a psychiatrist regularly. And uh, at least in my close circle and people I generally speak to. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I have sort of become the person um, people come to when they, when they want resources, like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, you know, seeking help. Can you help me, you know, find some resources or, you know, ask me about my experience with medication and all that. And, and, you know, that's nice, lah. It's, it's, it's great and I'm happy to help. But, you know, I wish this was something that was taught in schools. I wish the resources were more widely known. And I wish what, what I know isn't, like, I wish the resources I have isn't that rare, you know? I, it's, it's, I wish it was more common. I wish more people had access to it. And, Yeah. Have 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 you have you ever seen a, a psychiatrist or psychologist before? Mm, yeah, I have. Yeah. I think it's probably a different kind of situation, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. <laughs> did you did you did you have a a good experience? Mm, generally okay. Yes. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, their first real encounter with, like, somebody who, who, like, a psychologist is like a school counselor. And, I mean, school counselors are not really psychologists, but, um, so many people have had bad experiences with their school counselor. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I have had bad experiences from school counselor. And, and um i i'm do i don't know if this is still a problem but there's something wrong with the way they train school counselors uh it's just it's so i feel like it's a farce like it's it's more of helping you not be a problem to the school rather than actually helping you it's It's more about the school wanting to protect themselves. It's like when, um, I have, I have a friend who, I, I won't mention names, but I have a friend who, um, um, had, uh, sexual relations with somebody else in secondary school. Um, both of them were, were male and the school counselor found out and, and, and called the police and everything just because the school counselor wanted to protect the school and himself from being liable to if like in the future these two get caught by whatever the police or something and then they find out that the school counselor knew and didn't do anything like he's like the counselor was afraid of that and and essentially damaged this damaged these two people to protect themselves instead of actually helping them like he did that he was supposed to do. And there are examples of this all over, all the time. And it's 
just horrendous. And I don't I don't know what's going on. Like I I hope this is I hope they've like at least updated like curriculum or like the training curriculum for school counselors because you know this is not it. Um I when when I, when and in general they don't really know how to deal with teenagers with mental health issues. Like when I was when I shared that I was um uh when I when I was first diagnosed and I shared with my school counselor that I, I, I struggled with suicidal thoughts. The she just told me <laughs> uh because my family's this that I would go to hell if I tried to kill if I killed myself. And then uh yeah. So I don't I don't know how the hell how the fuck these people become school counselors. But anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Uh <laughs> but yeah, because that's 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 kind of most people's first experience of of therapy, quote unquote therapy, that because of that they kinda they they get repulsed by the idea of it now and they don't want to deal with it and it's 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 a shame and I wish it was better. Yeah, anyway you would think that yeah, you would think that people being trained to deal with teenagers with mental health issues would know how to deal with teenagers with mental health issues. Right. It really makes you think like what what exactly happens during during the trainings or during their school. Like like who what who teaches you that it would be okay to tell the kid that he would go to hell if he killed himself? Or your first instinct to when a kid shares with you something vulnerable like I'm, like I'm, I'm exploring my sexuality with, with a classmate and sharing something that vulnerable and the first thing you do is go to the police. It's, it's, it's gross. It's incompetent as counselors, deeply unethical and it's just Overall, just really a, a a huge shame, and I wish like there was better support for for our for for the youth lah, yeah. Even with the going full circle with the bullying, you know, what is the point if you <laughs> of a school counselor if if you can't help? If you can't help the people you're, you're there to help. Anyway. Okay. Well, let's move on to something lighter. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I noticed that you make music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so how did you start? Um, I've been writing kind of like lyrics and stuff like most I started out with lyrics since um primary school perhaps like 10 or so around there and uh I would write in like I would write in like little notebooks there was like you know how those you know when you were younger there was like this diary that um that came with like a padlock <laughs> and then it was like a like a cute little it was like a cute little 
like meant to be like a diary and then um you have like a little key like a little uh bent like like a fret like a french out like a uh like a just like a cheaply made lock and key that you can lock like your 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 diary shut and it comes with like cartoons or like flowers and stuff remember those um yeah i used to write i used to write lyrics in there a lot and then um uh uh i started trying to learn how to play instruments uh progressively um in secondary school and then um uh, i i did guitar lessons for a while but i couldn't afford it anymore and then uh uh around the first year of poly uh i met a, a producer online and you know and you know we got to talking and he was just starting out um, he had just graduated um doing um producing stuff whatever <laughs> and then, um and he was trying to make a career out of it so and i was and i was also like new so we kind of helped each other in that sense where um he would help produce my music and then and uh and i i would be able to release my music and uh um it worked out really well for him back then he's he's doing really well now uh to the point where i can't afford him anymore <laughs> so so i've stopped working with him but yeah uh i've always i've always been writing music i think it's one of the one of my treasures as a person as as like in my life is being able to write music and um i mean it's it's not uh it's not like musically genius or whatever because i i i i don't know how to read notes and all that um i don't know <laughs> i don't know music theory um i just play whatever sounds nice to me and then and my main thing is lyrics so it's really a, a solace to me and uh yeah um right now uh i i still write but uh i'm kind of trying to learn how to produce myself but it's it's kind of hard and also you need all this equipment and you need to like have like like soundproof or like room and all that and all that requires money and i'm too poor for that shit but i i still write and i record like stuff just casually every now and then to post um and yeah I, i'm not i don't i'm not i don't really looking for like to make a career out of it i mean i i used to like when maybe when i first started i thought you know maybe this could be something i want to do but eventually it just i don't want it to become a job you know i um and you know also i don't i don't you hear so many bad things about the music industry and i'm so bad at promoting myself and i don't like promoting myself so now i really just i i just focus on writing and if i do produce something i will just release it and i'm not going to i'm not going to go out of my way to make make sure it's played on radio or whatever um i'm not going to try to do those paid like sponsored ads or like take those paid ads on Instagram where you know it shows up on people like sponsored feed. I don't know what those are called is it sponsored posts 
No. You know when you when you pay when you pay for your post to be boosted, boosted posts. Yes, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to do all of that, so I'm just gonna focus on writing it when it comes to music, comes to creating it, and if it if I release it, I release it. Yeah. Um, what does your community look like right now? Mm, my community is not strict. <laughs> Just um, well, there's 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 my my friend group from theater in Bali. All of us are queer in some way, which I think is nice. And that's kind of my main friend group where I'm hanging out with most of the time. And there's the, the people, the people I interact with on Twitter. Um, yeah. Also, most of them not straight. So, you know, I don't really think that much about my community. Uh, I just. Hmm, what what do you mean exactly by community? Well, like, what you consider your community. Oh. Oh then yeah then just just. My my group of friends and, um. And uh, the people I can have a conversation with. Online, mostly on Twitter, who we know we can share our thoughts, be anti-capitalistic, and unapologetic, unapologetically queer. I think that's my community. Hmm. Could you describe your Twitter community then? I'm sorry. Could you describe your Twitter friends then? Uh, well, I don't really have that many followers. <laughs> um. I actually had like a, a Twitter account like during my poly days that um got to like I'm not sure a, at least a few hundred almost a thousand followers and then I deactivated it but uh, I created one um I think 2019 oh no I could there was a um there was a separate account like a side account that I don't really do much out of and then I started using it again in 2018. And that's my main account now. And my, and most of the people I follow are, um, either weird Twitter comedians <laughs> or, uh, political activists or, um, just fellow queer people like me who are sick and tired of the establishment. And, uh, and you know it's 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 just really nice that because when when you're working like when you're working when you're in school most of the people around are kind of accustomed or used to uh to this to the capitalist society and 
it's uh, it's it can be it can be isolating to to be you know to have that feeling of you know this is this should not how this is not how things should really be um we can do better and all that but everyone around you is kind of like happy with it and but what I found among you know the the Twitter people I follow, <laughs> the people on Twitter that I follow, I I am mutual with, is that we can share these frustrations, is that we that we share these ideologies and um and also I learned so much from them, you know a lot of them do, do like 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 threats on like um historical aspects or um analyzing like. Uh, recent news and all that and, and, you know, just starting conversations and, uh, you know, to have some of them follow me back is quite, is quite, is, I'm quite proud of that. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, it, it's like a school and a home for me, you know, um, it's like, I learn but also I, I, I do enjoy, you know, reading the words that these people write and I do enjoy learning and I enjoy interacting with them and I hope they enjoy interacting with me um, and everyone's just really principled and Like genuinely good people. Yeah. Hmm. How has your relationship with your family been? Um <laughs> uh, I I'm not out to my family other than my sister. My sister knows. Um But uh sexuality wise I don't think I'll ever come out to them. Not because like I'm it's like only because, you know, I don't see a need to and I don't really care whether they know. So it would be easier to just not tell them. So I guess that kinda sums up like <laughs> If I, like, I don't, if this is, like, I don't even care, then they know. You know, um, it's like, I'm in my time, I'm, I have my own room, I can keep myself in, and, uh, my, my mom, my mom is, my mom is like a, like a, uh, extreme level of Buddhist, like to the point where it's kind of cultish. So, um, it's hard for us to converse sometimes. Um, and we're, but we're both really stubborn. So, um, I don't really interact with her much, uh, outside of, you know, just being, just me doing some things and him, him and her doing Motherly things or, uh, whether she needs help with her phone. Um, that's mostly what I do. I never, I don't really talk to her about personal stuff. Um, 
yeah. And my dad's working most of the time. Um, ever since he got laid off from his landscape company, he's been doing Grab. And, um, you know, Grab's are, it's a tedious job. You have to do it most of the time. So, and he was already working seven days a week before. So I don't really see him much. And, uh, my, my, my brother, my brother's, my brother's good, a good person. And I do, I do care about him, but he's just, um, he's a, um, he's a very straight list. He's a, a straight list, um, quote unquote perfect son. So, so like, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a police officer and he, he's married and, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't live with us anymore. And uh, we're on good terms, but uh, you know I don't really talk about my personal stuff with most of them. And my 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 sister, I'm the closest with my sister, but we also don't really talk that much. Yeah, yeah. I've we all have our own support systems outside of the family, so we kind of just coexist together. Yeah. So, what is coming out like for you? Like, what would I expect? No, like, what has it been like? Oh, what has it been like? Um, well, I only ever really come out to people. I mean, I don't really hide it. Um... I don't really try to hide it, but you know, I'm also like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm straight acting, but, but I'm straight acting enough that, uh, people can project their own heteronormativity on me. So, uh, but, uh, when I do come out is with, is when I know I'm safe. So, so it, I've, I've never really had like a bad experience coming out because, you know, it was, it's with people that, who were able to, um, um, accept me positively. And I don't think I, and the extent it was really mostly just me, me going, yeah, yeah, I'm gay. And, and it was never really like a big, like me, going like a big speech or like uh writing a long letter or like a long text message it was it it was really usually just in conversations i remember my my first day of work um my first day of work at my previous company my my previous company that i got retrenched from due to the pandemic like my first day was really just uh a group of like a group of 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 us of them were just talking about how you know like uh men they were attracted to like most of them girls and uh and 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 um they were like and one of them brought up oh i like i like i like a man with a beard and then i just casually chimed in oh yeah i like a man with a beard too and then they all looked at me weird and <laughs> no i didn't say men i say oh yeah i like i like a person with a beard too and then they looked at me weird and then 
and then it, and then I just waited like two like two seconds before I say, oh yeah, I'm gay, and then and then everything um went on normal. Like I was I was able to be com- comfortable enough to do that is because um um I knew some of them, not some of them. I I I I. I knew the person who I was very close with one of them with with one person in the company and um and I know he wasn't I know he was out there he was out in the company so I I felt safe enough to do that so that's mostly just you know I don't really and so when when I do say that I am gay it's really just in conversation and uh and uh if I do find out in a place where I don't feel safe enough, I just I just don't say anything and let and let people assume I'm straight and I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay, so final question. Okay. How would you describe yourself? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm a person who tries. <laughs> uh, I would say that I am. I want to say I'm good, but I, I try to be good. But I, 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 I would say that I, I'm. Mm. Yeah, everything everything about me is is that I'm trying. <laughs> and uh not thriving and it's not necessary to thrive. It's no that's what I would tell myself, it's not how how I would describe myself. I would describe myself as somebody who Has potential to be a really good person. <laughs> uh, uh, I should I be generic and be like I'm 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 funny and shit. Uh, man, how did I should have read through more? Like I, <laughs> uh. Like before this interview, like I read some of some of the some of the transcripts and uh uh I saw some 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 of the some of the how would you describe yourself? But I still didn't prepare myself for this question. Um <laughs> said he was sexy. Um I'm just the person who's Been through some shit. And is willing to. And I'm ready for more. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Let's use that. And then I'll regret it after, but let's use that. Okay. So, is there anything else you'd like to say for the record? Um, 
No, I can't think of anything right now. Okay then, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll end the recording now. Okay. <laughs>